Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. I have with me today possibly one of the most energetic social media personalities of sorts that I've ever had the chance to meet in the automotive world that is categorically not an influencer. Would you say that's true, Billy? That's true. I don't think 1,300 followers is enough to be an influencer. I I think you can probably start somewhere, surely, at 1,300. I'm micro, micro influencer, double micro. Yeah, yeah. But in a way, I am because I have the automobile handle. Exactly, which helps. So it's this is Billy Raybuck. That's me. Yeah. And you, uh, I think now I'm going to obviously butcher this as well. The social, I would say the social media manager for Automobile Magazine, or how? What is it actually? What's the official title? The official title is social media editor. Oh, okay. Which I like because I have an editorial job. Yeah. You are the. So can I say that you are the editor? Of everything. Yeah, I curate and manage all of the content for all of Automobile's social media channels. And so how to put that in perspective, how many posts is that a year? A year? Yeah. We'd have to get into math, which is not my strong suit, which is how I got here in the first place. Uh-huh. Um, I do 35 to 40 posts a day across all of our platforms. Okay. And that's and excluding it, stories. Yeah, so I was going to say, and then how much does stories play into it as well then? Stories are huge, and I've actually now that Instagram added layout, mm-hmm. I've been using them even more. I probably do on a non-event day ten stories, and then on event days I can do. I've done a hundred stories in one day and got yelled at by a follower because I posted too many. Because you because they were like, "Don't give me so much content, Billy. It's too good. I can't handle this much content." Too much, Is that- da- too much Daytona? Yeah, I was like too excited to be there, and I just kept posting and posting and posting, and I was up for like sixteen hours, so. That's, how, that's what happens. So let's take a step back then. And so how did you s- sort of get down this path? Where did this sort of like this passion for cars and automotive and all things motoring come from? Well, what it really starts with is my dad's Jetta GLX with a VR6. Mm-hmm. It was Tornado Red with BBS wheels and a spoiler. Yep. And it smelled a certain Volkswagen-y way. Okay. And he like just instilled the passion in cars in me. But and I had Hot Wheels. My first my first board was car, um, and I always loved cars growing up. But then it lay dormant for maybe through like elementary school and into high school. I started to get more interested, especially when I got my first car. Mm-hmm. What was your first car? It was a two thousand five Jetta SEL, but it was a two thousand five and a half. So it had the inline five. Oh, okay. Which is half a Lamborghini engine, I told myself. Naturally. I mean, that's the, way, that's the only way to look at it, really. It's half a Lamborghini engine at maybe a tenth of the cost. Correct. Yeah. See? Yeah. So, but then, then I got into college and I, it started growing, like, it was, as I was driving more, I was paying more attention to cars, but then I got this job at my university where I was scanning files for, like, the postgraduate education department. Mm-hmm. And... I was watching Top Gear while I was at work on my on Netflix because they, they 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 had no problem with me doing two things at once. It was pretty like scan the file, log it, put in the next one, do the next one. I would scan like twenty five thousand files over the course of a year or something. So crazy. you could say it was a pretty manual task. It was a yeah, and the and brain power was the brain the, power was minimal. Yeah. My brain power was devoted to watching Top Gear, and I mean every day I would like open my tabs in the morning. I would read all my car news. I'd watch my Top Gear, and I was like eventually got to the point where I was like, how do I do this as a job. Mm-hmm. And so I started like looking at the bios of the presenters on Top Gear, and I was like, oh, they got their start in journalism. 
Maybe that's what I should do after college. And so... What were you studying at college then? I was studying English and history. Okay. So I had a... Yeah, I had a double major. I loved writing, and I loved talking in class more than anything. Mm-hmm. I, I've always felt that I've been able to convey my thoughts more articulately when I talk than when I write. I just... I have a lot of energy, and it just kind of bubbles out of me when I talk. But then when it comes time to bu- bottle that up and put it into words, sometimes... I mean, I'm a, I'm a, no one's, no one's a good writer, but I'm like, I, I can, I can write, yeah. but I can talk a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wanted to be a presenter because I thought that that's where my skill set lied. But I was like, well, I should do what the top year guys did. And also Johnny Lieberman too. I was watching him on Ignition. Yep. And I loved Ignition. Johnny, the former guest of the No Breaking podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Hallowed, hallowed halls. Exactly. He wants to come back. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm having fun, too. Um, so, yeah. So, Johnny was a big inspiration for me. And then I read, like, I started reading Ed Lowe's column. And so, I got more and more entrenched on, like, the who of the automotive stuff as much as I cared about the cars themselves. Mm-hmm. So, I went, so, I applied to grad schools. And I knew motor, I looked up where Motor Trend's offices were. I'm like, oh, they're in L.A. So, I applied to USC and then some schools on the East Coast, too. Mm-hmm. And I got into the Masters of Journalism program at USC, which is one year. And I was like, I can do multimedia journalism. So I actually did a radio show. I uh, produced it. So let's take another step back. So yeah, where sure. did you grow up then and where did you go Where did you go to college? So I grew up in Santa Clara in the mm-hmm. Bay Area. Yep. And I went to school first to undergrad at Loyola Marymount University. Okay. And then to USC for grad school. Yeah, so keeping it local here on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. So tell us more about the radio show then that you put together for your postgrad. Oh, so you graduate. Yeah, so my radio show wasn't about cars at all. I mean, it was a new show. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to make all of my assignments during grad school about transportation as much as I could. Okay. And begin to narrow, narrow, and narrow, and narrow it down to cars. So I started by covering Measure M during the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually was able to do my capstone about LA car culture. So I never reviewed a car in college, but I went to the Peterson, mm-hmm. and I interviewed members of their staff. I met people working in Art Center at the Peterson, and that's where I started to gain kind of all the skills that helped me be eligible for my job at Motor Trend Group. Yeah. And so how did that then come about? Did you see the advertisement? Is that what it was online, or how did this sort of fall into place? No, I got really, really lucky. So my... Professor Gabe Kahn, uh, I was doing an independent study with him, and he said, Billy, like, I know you love cars so much. I actually know the editor-in-chief of Automobile Magazine, and I'm going to reveal this on the airwaves. I did not know what Automobile Magazine was before I got my job. Mm-hmm. I was a Motor Trend reader, and I looked into it, and I was like, oh, Automobile is part of the Motor Trend group. Maybe I can work for Motor Trend one day after I work for Automobile. So... I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I would love to be introduced to the editor-in-chief. And Gabe sends an email with Mike Floyd. Mike Floyd has me over. He sits me out in the office uh, at what was then the Enthusiast Network. And the, one of the first questions he asked me is, so, Billy, what kind of cars do you like? And I felt, like, so relaxed when he said that. I was like, oh, this is home. This is the job interview of a lifetime. And it wasn't exactly a job interview, but I was like, oh, I love, like, Volkswagen Group. I love Porsches. I love Audis. And I love Volkswagens. Those are, like, my favorite cars. Mm-hmm. And so... The interview, like, you know, we talked, we chatted and he's like, well, we'll set you up with some writing. I'll introduce you to someone and you can do some like freelance web writing. Yeah. So I did like two months, three months of like, and this was starting in grad school Mm -hmm. and then continuing until like after I graduated. So I did like three months of 
interning, basically, uh, writing for the website. I probably produced a hundred news stories in those in that time, and I was writing every single day. Uh, and I got to know the editors like over email what and stuff. Were you, was it just automotive news or what were you covering when you were doing it? Oh, yeah. It was like basically just the daily news, like the no boring cars content. It was like I would write about like body kits and Gimbala stuff, kind of the, the the more aftermarket like bonus content. Yep. But I was so happy to even be doing it because I never thought I would have like the opportunity to write about cars, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike had also told me, apply to the first job that comes up and we'll see what we can do. So I was like in, I was in a class and I just like checking the, the job site and I saw that social media editor came up and I'm like, eh, I know social media. I'll apply for that. And so I put my, I put my application in and then the then social media director of the company, like I, I actually did get an interview with him and then I waited another month and then I got an interview with the guy who was the president of auto at the time. And I thought that went pretty well. And then I waited another month, and I was like, I'm, I'm still writing. They're, they haven't told me to go away yet. So, so you still keep that. I'm, I'm yeah. still – so I'm holding on hope, and I'm like two months out of college. My student loans are almost out. I'm, I'm, I'm like holding on hope. And then the, on my actual birthday, mm-hmm. I got the call from HR that I got hired, and I was like, this is the best day of my entire life. And so I got started like a week later, the 5th of July. So – it, that was really important to me. It was. It was. It meant a lot to be able to do that, and I really appreciate how much I was trusted with, like, just out of school to mm-hmm. do what I do now. So now, speaking of that, how quickly was the learning curve of going from writing automotive content to then sort of obviously condensing that to becoming and focusing purely on social media? Well, the cool thing was that I never was not allowed to write when I was doing social. Mm-hmm. So I had a pretty good understanding of how the whole process came together. Yep. And I just paid attention. I had been following Motor Trend on Instagram. I was paying attention to how other brands were doing it. And the, the director like gave me a really good... He was actually working remote from um, the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he just gave me like all the tools that I needed. And so it was basically just turning around like... I would read the article, I would summarize it in like 140, you know, I started when Twitter was still 140 characters, Mm -hmm. and I feel free now. I used to not be able to like, I used to not be able to like, it was so much effort to get the tweet down, Yep. but yeah, no, it wasn't too bad to like make that transition from writing to social. It was just a matter of like, I always wanted to tell people about how much I love cars, and like that's what social is. It's like just, here, hey, here's the article. Like, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. You should be excited. Read it. Be excited. So It's a good article. Yeah, it's a good article. Well, yeah, you want to put it on the best wrapper possible. Of course. And the headline. The But luckily, like, the web, guy, the web guys would handle the, the, the headline, and then I would just have to come up with, like, the caption and the scheduling. Mm-hmm. But scheduling and cadence is almost more important than even what you write. Okay. And being regular. So now the question is, for, for people out there that are interested in, like, the social media aspect of it, how much of a slave to the social media platform algorithms are you? Like entirely. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm probably the most social media addicted person in the world that doesn't. Uh, yeah, it's I'm up there. I'm like top one percent. Mm-hmm. Like I see my screen time report on my phone, and I'm like, uh, I should be embarrassed about this. But it's I think what has helped me be successful in a way is because I'm always on and. I treat the platform like it's my own handle in a way. And I think that's part of the ticket to success is to really 
immerse yourself in the brand that you're working for. Yeah. So. And what have been some of the challenges you've obviously faced with? Because I'm assuming that there's probably a quick ramp up from here you've been given the job a week later to then someone shouting at you being like, but why do we only get X amount of likes for this? Or why do we get... I actually really appreciated that about the company when I started. There was very little... People just don't understand what good performance is necessarily. Mm -hmm. And what I appreciated is that I was trusted with with what I was given, but there wasn't like a drop off in performance. I was actually helping the one person running all of the social mm -hmm. and alleviating that. So actually performance picked up right away. Yep. Well, so, yeah. And so I wouldn't, I, I actually, I don't do it anymore because it kind of, my, the priorities changed as far as what I was tracking, but I was keeping an Excel document that had like all my post performance. Let's be it. honest. If you had to keep an Excel document now of your 30 plus 30 to 40 posts a day, plus all your Instagram stories, I mean, that screen time count would probably go a little bit higher, right? Yeah, well, the, the Excel document was just a summary of the week's production, so mm -hmm. I had the tools to just copy that down. But it just got to the point where it's like the way that we track stuff is all just – it's all it's all mechanized, yep. which is great because the department has grown around me. I'm the, I'm the longest-serving member of my team. Okay. And how many people are in that team now then? I think it's 11 – it's over 10, between 10 and 15. Okay. That's great. Yeah. And so with that, I mean, obviously you've had someone tell you off for posting 100 Instagram stories a day because of your enthusiasm yeah. for Daytona. What is some of the other flack that you get from some of your loyal and dedicated uh, social media followers? They don't necessarily criticize what we post, but there is some vitriol for cars nowadays which okay. is frustrating to me because the way that i see it i've driven i mean i drive probably 200 cars a year mm -hmm. which is a lot that's yeah. like a lot even for for someone in the industry because yep. we just our staff cycles so it's like i have this i have this perspective that most cars are good every car is great yeah every car is great yeah. even if it's got an iron man logo on every car is great right yeah. it works it's probably reliable i've never had a car like break on me break it's on comfortable me comfortable to drive generally yeah. air conditioning works You'll have nice music playing through, some nice speakers. Yeah. It's probably very fast if you wanted to put your foot down in relative terms to something that you would have had when you first started, say, for example, compared to now to when you got your first car. Uh, well, I love my Jetta. But, but still, you know what I mean. People, people get on, they'll get on social, they'll comment. They like, there's no, the enthusiasm doesn't always resound. And that's what rebound back to me, mm -hmm. which is like, I kind of want to be like Ellen. Yep. Where like I get on the stage and I'm just like, yeah, and then the crowd does that back to me. Like, that's what I would love to see, but then people are like, they want to like express their, their, their discontent in the comment section, and that's what hurts. But it's okay, we're working on it. You know, I try to keep a spicy dialogue. It's what also makes it what makes it fun. And now, question: Do you have? Does that mean then that you've got regular followers that you interact with through those social media accounts? Yes. Okay. And I love them so much. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I, because they don't realize. I don't know how to, to what extent they realize that it's just one person. And I didn't really realize that when I was not doing social. Mm -hmm. But now when I see something, like a brand post something, I'm like, hey, you person behind the... Look, I'm just saying, shout out to Cranky Mel. Shout out to Radar McDave, two very loyal listeners of the podcast. Yeah, my, my, the one follower I would shout out is WDC Nathan. He owns a uh, red Hyundai Veloster N. And, and he comments like probably on 25% of the posts that we do. But I always, it's, it just it's life-affirming to see that there's someone out there that's sticking with it and... And, and following through with everything. 
But yeah, as far as like stuff that people post that the flack is about like BMW grills, mm-hmm. Audi grills, it's yeah. mostly grills. Yeah. And why do people get so angry about grills? I don't. Because you got to look at them all day, I think. That's but don't you in it. the car? No, not if you're in the car, which is where I'm usually. Yeah. So that's what I mean, right? Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't kill me necessarily. What kills me is fake exhaust pipes. Oh, they yeah, big. Uh, that's awful. And or I, had s- I don't like it when the it's the where the cut off before. Yes, that's the one that that kills me even more. But I had someone comment on Facebook. Um, we posted the new Volkswagen Atlas, and they called. They called. They actually screen capped the exhaust, the fake exhaust cutouts, and they're like. I just can't get past this. And I'm like, you know what? Thank you for noticing. Like, it, it's nice to see that you guys are paying this close attention to what's happening. Yeah. It means that the content matters, which is good. So, but with that, though, obviously with creating the content, and also of those, if you say, like last year you drove around 200 cars, which were the cars that stood out for you that were the most enjoyable ones for you personally to drive? Okay. Okay. Here's, no particular here's, order, no, obviously. Here's one that like really st- stuck with me was the Morgan Plus Four. Mm-hmm. Never thought I'd get to drive one of those. Really was not like a. There was no part of my mind was like I can't wait to drive a Morgan, and and I spent a Sunday in one, and I was like, this is just car. This is the joy of cars in mm-hmm. one vehicle. Just like top down. We got the top. We figured it out. We got it all buttoned down. My girlfriend and I, and your fiance, fiance now fiance then girlfriend. Um, it has to be important now. We've got to, we've that was one of sure our most on of one of our most magical dates too. We drove through Hollywood mm-hmm. and Beverly Hills with all the Christmas lights, and it was just like that was such a magical day. And I was just revving along. The car sounded really good. We played. It has a radio, so we were playing Christmas music through like the, the speakers. That car was probably one of the highlights of my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I also drove 911 S, the new 992 Ferrari F8 Tributo, and Corvette C8 back to back. And that was... It would, some people have a hard life, but I'll just say it's uh, difficult that, if you're doing that. Those were three, like, knockouts for me, too. Uh, F8 Tributo, I was never, like, a big Ferrari guy, but F8 Tributo, like, turned me around. I was like, no, when I see a Ferrari on the street, I'm like, ah, you know. Because that car is just it, just, it just dances, and it feels super mechanical, and it feels super alive. It, it's not scary, which I expected to have... It, it to be after over, seven, over 700 horsepower. So, yeah, those were, those were some... 2019 hits for sure and the McLaren 600 LT also love that that was really 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 fun yeah anything else do you think that but then driving those cars spoils you for other cars that you get to drive or do you still have the appreciation for all of them now no I I refuse to let myself get jaded I was told that I would become jaded like in my first two weeks after they started letting me drive press cars and I was like no I decided in my mind I was like I won't ever become jaded towards any kind of car i love cars that are the, the entry level because like the the one of the cars that i've loved is the toyota ia it's like 100 horsepower and it's so much fun yeah and and i just that's one of the other things about social is people people want to see they just want to see the high end but it's like you need to have a spectrum of mm-hmm. of appreciation and i i really appreciate that about our staff is that like last year when we did our all-stars awards we really put a car in there for someone at any level and like the Veloster N was in there the Altima SR with the VC Turbo was in there and like those are cars that like you can appreciate and they're they're like base level cars are fast mm-hmm. nowadays so I think I have better a, a better sense of context for cars instead of the opposite 
which would be, I only want to drive supercars, which is definitely not the case. Yeah, I mean, driving a supercar is obviously very fun. But it's almost like unusable as far as being able to extract the most out of it. And I think I'd always be terrified of like going to the car park with it. Yeah, I'm a pretty paranoid person. Yeah. I, I, I am very precious with doors. You park far away. I park far away. Make sure no trolleys are nearby. Yeah, like I really make sure I'm dead between the drop, lines. You can drop the fiance off close, then you go park, and then you walk back. Yeah. So you don't want to be good. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, medium. I'm like a medium distance guy. I, I don't, I don't want to walk all the way from the back of the parking lot. That's too much. But oh, the, the supercars there, yeah, it's not so bad. It's L.A. though, because like I live on the west side, so the supercars, high end performance cars are kind of everywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to see the the big Bugatti Chiron. Driving yeah. regularly. Yeah, well, I don't see that. That's not so much in my neighborhood, but like at least 911s are. Yeah, it was the one. It was one of the white special edition ones. Oh, the Cento Dieci. That yeah, one. Yeah. That one is so cool. Yeah. So I saw that on Melrose. Oh, that makes sense. So it's it's bizarre what you see, right? It's, as you said, it's Los Angeles. You can see any car. You can see it here, which helps temper the paranoia of driving some of the high end stuff because people yeah. aren't. Once you can take yourself out of yourself for a second, you're like, oh wait, people see this all the time. They they may not be used to seeing someone who's 25 driving the car. Mm-hmm. So, Actually, no, it's L.A. They can be very used to seeing That's true. Yeah. But I have more of like, I don't look wealthy. I look like a goofy kid who is driving. That's still Los Angeles. It's still not going to stop here, I guess. I don't I guess. think so anyway. But you just, you know, the one thing that maybe is like you don't have the face tattoos. No, but, you know, oh, what's his name? Post Malone? Yeah. He seems like a really nice guy. He does. Like on a non-automotive subject. Well, I guess he did beer bongs and Bentleys, so like that's that's pretty automotive. Yeah, he seems very nice. He's got the drift. He likes the drifting. He does. Yeah, I think oh. so. I think he's I think he's building a car. I could be wrong. I think you need to have him on here. Well, I mean, you can make it happen for me, Billy. If anyone can make it happen, Billy, you can oh, make it happen. We'll, we'll, we'll at Post Malone after this. Yeah, just tag Post. Please, come on, please come on. Do it. Kiwi wants to see you. That'd be amazing. Oh, Kiwi. Post, yeah. I think Posty would love Kiwi. Everyone loves Kiwi. Love Kiwi more than me. She gets more love than anything on the the No Breaking podcast. So. But also, speaking of that, we jump back to your role. What is it that the tips that you can give people, although they're obviously everyone's slave to the algorithm, what do you find are the benefits now these days to make a post successful or do you find to be more successful in posting, be it Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, whatever else under the sun? So the base, you basically just oh, got to follow the... Sorry. Uh, Snapchat. Snapchat's like the one that I don't really use. But, but for Instagram, Instagram's my lifeblood. Because Instagram was the first place that I was able to post about cars and not have it be weird. Like Facebook, no one wanted to see cars. Mm -hmm. But Instagram, like people want to see cars. It's a pretty strong community. Yes. So the important thing for a good post is cropping. I you want to at least have a one by one, if not an eight by ten. Yep. So that's that's key. Framing, making sure that it occupies enough real estate on the screen. And then the second thing would be making sure that the car is fully within the boundaries and having nice nice uh, cushion with the margins mm -hmm. of the photo. And these things sound silly, but like that 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 makes all the difference. Like you'd be blown away by the number of people who just eh, I'll just post this. It doesn't matter. But like those are the things that actually that matter the most because the audience member wants to see something that looks nice and they'll blow past you. Mm -hmm. So to even be considered, I think those are like the most the two most important things. And then I'd say a gallery after that would be really important because people want to, for your post to be considered for longer because they might see the fo first photo, say, hmm, there's more to it, start swiping, and then decide later that they like it. And that gives them more of an opportunity to do so. 
the next important thing is caption, which I like to have two to three lines in the caption, sentences in the caption, not lines, but, you know, like the see more at the bottom, I mm -hmm. think also intrigues for a little bit more engagement. And then following that is keeping the, the, keeping the hashtags, keeping hashtags out of the body of the copy and below it, uh, but not in a comment. Uh, those are, that, that's the, that's the holy grail right there. That's it for a positive, a good answer. And stay on brand. Don't post stuff that like people don't, didn't come to you to see. So a personal account, they want to see you, but also what you're interested in. For a brand, it's like really stay true to the brand's values and the brand's subject. Think and then try and be nice to everyone whenever you comment or anything. Well, it depends. Some people like go to some some figures to be bullied. I mean, like like part of the fun of like Johnny's account is that like he he'll fight you in the comments, and I think that's what draws people into he doesn't, him. I think he doesn't fight. He engages. Sure. Well, I'll ask him if he considers it fighting or engaging. It, but it makes it fun. And it's like you want to see, like, you want to go into Johnny's comments and see what's happening. And I think that's exciting. Maybe I also like that Johnny doesn't, uh, when he is engaging, he doesn't hold his punches, so to speak. No. He you shoots. get his unfiltered opinion. Yes. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. For a brand, not so much. Like, if you're a, if you're a brand. Unless that's what the whole brand is built on. But then you've really got to keep that up. And mm -hmm. I, could, I could... But as an individual, I think that's a... I think that's a that's one way to look at it. Yeah, it is nice having with social media having that being able to have that connectivity with people and so forth if they do respond to your posts. It's always very nice. Yeah. But it's important the next thing to do is like for the post continued life beyond the first likes is to engage with people in it and whether you're agreeing with them, you're providing them some gentle guidance to the correct opinion, which is how I take that's the approach that I would take with a with a brand if if they're saying something that's not true in mm -hmm. our experience and i have the wealth i have a wealth of knowledge from our editors to lean on so i'll go into the copy and i'll just pull stuff out of that directly or i'll refer them to the article to see but i mean that's kind of the fun of it is you get to you get to you get to banter and play with the people who are engaging with you and and that's what makes it something better like different than just reading something that's the printed word is that, that, that there's life beyond its inception and then, obviously, you probably get to go to events and that kind of thing. So what have you had to, in the last, say, two years, what have you had to force yourself to go to in all these terrible, unimaginable thing, events in the car world that you've had to attend? Yeah, it's probably one of the best parts about the job is traveling. Um, well, I, I think one of the best places to start is auto shows. I love the LA Auto Show. Um, I went every year when I was in college. I have never missed one, and I really plan to never miss an LA Auto Show. But I love doing auto show coverage because you get to show people stuff first. You're there first, and you get to, you know, play among all the cars, and and so that's great. But I love going to like races, and I'm always really unlucky with the LA Auto Show. Whereas every second one, I'll be sick. That's it's rough. It's my my only time I get sick. If it's I was, either LA if I was Auto sick, Show this year. If I'm sick, I'm just gonna put on a mask and go. Yeah. I, I can't miss it. I, I would feel Look, really uh, guilty. If I didn't see you there, I'd be, I'd, well, I'd cry. A it's long enough where I would go on a public day. I would just, I would still do it. I, I feel like if I'm sick the whole way through, I'll be really sad. But yeah. I guess I'll have to just. No, I mean sick for media days. Yeah. So oh, the main sick media, for day. media days. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go, it's but it's just the one where you're like, you know, when you, it's that one time a year when I'll get sick. And I'm like, and this happens like every two years. I think it's an excuse. <laughs> 
God. <laughs> just saying. Um, no, if I'm I, that sick next time, Billy, I'll just come hang out with you the whole time. All right, sounds good. I can, I can handle it. I had a professor in college or in, in grad school tell me the secret is don't get sick. And it's actually it's helped, I think. I wow. think I've gotten a lot less ill. After he told you that? Yeah, watch. I'm cursed now. Yeah, I'm this done. Is it. This, this is, is it. it. I'm going to be bedridden for for a week the next thing the wedding's gonna come up and it's gonna be like two weeks before you're gonna come down with it and you're not gonna yeah, it's gonna be awful but let's get back on topic yes travel sick. travel travel sorry. travel's not well I guess depending Mon- on who's paying for it it can be quite nice I guess yeah um well it's meaning I, I, I don't but no I I think all travel I think it's cool to see the country in different lenses there is but then there's also a thing to be said about um airports and being delayed and planes like that and then having you know, a, a broken seat or a broken infotainment system i've had pretty good travel luck too see this is where you're gonna you're driving it's you're all you're you're driving me you, what am i supposed to say oh. Did, oh yeah you know i've had a terrible experience traveling no i've had a pretty i've had some big delays but not really that bad i fly delta i was great delta adherent i love delta so much they're very good they treat me nice um they're very nice delta we like that. We, we, yeah we love delta sponsor this man delta it'll be great um but yeah, so Pebble Beach is a good one. I love Pebble Beach. That's what I look forward to the most every year. I've been really lucky, and I've gotten to go to Pebble Beach for the last three years. And I actually took my now fiance to Pebble Beach work, last right? year, and we had a really good time. We got to go to the Bentley party for the the centenary mm-hmm. centenary, um, and sit in the back of the Mulsanne at the party. Not Mulsanne, Flying Spur. That was really cool. Uh, I love I love walking the Concord lawn with my coworkers. What are the tips you give anyone who hasn't had the chance to go or first time as tips for Pebble? Okay, even if you can't afford to go to Pebble and you if to, if you really love cars, you won't even care because you can just walk the auction lots. Go to Monterey during Car Week and walk an auction lot, and that's what the, that was the first my first experience. I went mm-hmm. for a friend's birthday for his, and we stayed in a hotel in Monterey, and it happened to be Car Week. And they were super nice, and they let me drag them through a couple auction lots. And it's even that's magical. It's like, plus the number of things you see street parked. You can go and watch or the Concorde Elegance. Drive. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the, what do they call it? The, the Tour de Elegance. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great, there's so many free events around the Concorde that you can really just spend your whole time at Car Week immersed in cars, even if, even I would do it anyway. I mean, if you go there, I mean, my highlight is the Tour de Elegance. Is the is my main thing. Get there early, go see them all line up. Because you will see the winner of the of Sunday is there it's driving. Because they're only going to win being driving, mm-hmm. right? It's true. And I was lucky. My favorite car was not the winner. It was the Lamborghini Mira SVR, which had been restored back to its condition, whereas it was a one-off, and the owner was like, oh, I really want my car to be like the best mirror in the world. And it had a wing on the roof, and the guy cracked into the throttle right where I was standing, and I was just blown away. It was one of the best sounds of my entire life. But yeah, I love I love Car Week because it's it's seeing museum-grade vehicles drive and interact in the real world. And the best example of museum-grade. Right. The best of the exactly. best. Driving on the roads, hearing, smelling, driving, breaking down occasionally. Smelling, yeah, getting that... That hundred-year-old, I don't know, particles in your mouth. That's the best part, though. The carbon, or carbon. whatever else they are. Yeah, I think it's more than carbon. Yeah, but yeah, Car Week's a highlight. I did Veil vale with Volvo. That was fun. Not not Veil. Vale. Uh, Veil. Vale? Was that? It was one of the ski resorts. Where in Colorado? No, Canada. Oh. Bend. No, that's Oregon. Whistler. No, West. That's it was West Canada. Uh, oh gosh, in the Rockies. 
why can't I remember? You could, anyway, it was an event where it you went a, with Volvo. And we got to drive like three or Volvo's four the of the models. Here, Volvo was the important part in the mountains. Okay. Um, and we got to climb a ski, it was a ski slope. Yep. And we scaled the ski slope in a V60 cross country. Like that was cool. And, and you know, the part of the, the automotive, these, these events that I don't think people realize as readers is that we have a drive partner for all of them. So you have to like find someone to, it's like, it's like. You never leave grade school. It all, it's all it stays with you for your whole life. So you don't want to be the last person picked. And so I got one of my really close friends, and he and I got to do this like honeymoon tier trip together in Canada. And Banff, it was Banff. And there we, we go. And we, we got there we, in the end. We scaled the mountain, and then we rode down the ski lift together, and it was just, it was so fun. I, I, uh, that's so that's that's the most glamorous side of the travel. But I mean, I've done, I've done like you know your Hot Wheels tour, Legends tour. Like sometimes we just we have internal events and I go cover those too. So like I will get to do the most glamorous stuff, but I'll also get to do like our our internal corporate events and I gotta travel on my own P card and watch the watch my finances a little bit and make sure that I'm, you know, staying being a good corporate boy. And so the Hot Wheels one I did uh I made a trip out for myself to Atlanta and so I stayed at a hotel within the budget. I requested a press car from Porsche. I had a Cayenne S. I went to the Blue Ridge Mountains and I actually mimicked a Buick press trip that it was my second ever first drive. And Buick had set us this beautiful route through the mountains, uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Mm -hmm. And I mimicked it, stayed the same hotel, which was not that expensive, which was good. Um, I got the, I got a different car, still fun to drive. And so after I finished covering the Hot Wheels event, which I did my usual Instagram story for. Which is a good event. The Hot Wheels event. Good. I love Incredible the Hot Wheels cars. events. Incredible cars and right. incredible people, right? Right. But they're, they are parking lot events. So yes. I'm, I'm trying to just, just prove the, the, the myth that everything, every part of which I make look glamorous on Instagram, but that's the magic of social media. Um, sometimes, you know, you have like something normal, but you can turn it into something good. Yeah. If you have a good outlook yeah. and a creative mind. Always be positive. That's what I like to say. And then, so going for some of the regular events, then some of the the racing enthused events. What have you had a chance to get to? This was my like the last year has been my most race race filled year. So there was the I got to do the Rolex Motors Monterey Motorsports reunion mm-hmm. um, and watch. I love historics racing. I think that's my favorite. Is seeing like again the best museum tier race cars actually crack it open and go, you know, as close to 10 tenths as possible on the track. Some do go 10 tenths. Some do go 10 tenths, and it's awesome. It's so cool to see some because... Some maybe go 11 tenths. Yeah, and that's always sad to watch. I I watched some... I think I watched a Ferrari spin out last year, and it was pretty tragic. Some but, of those people could also be going 6 tenths, but then thinking they're going 10 tenths, and it's also those problems as well. Which is like me when I drive on the track. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not the best track driver. But I love, to, I love to see it happen. I don't even... I don't, I don't like to think too hard about what's happening. I just like to enjoy that I'm seeing I'm seeing the stuff that I played in Forza Horizon or mm-hmm. Forza Motorsports yeah. and watching those cars actually be alive on the track and hearing them in real life. So RMMR is great for that. And then Coda Coda had a historics racing component. So there were like I think there were like 962s on track, which is always a delight. But then it was my first F1 race and we had I I was that was I was there just as part of my company. Um and we had like really like high grandstand seats and I got to like I was watching when um 
I think Hamilton, or no, when when, when Botas overtook Hamilton towards mm-hmm. the end of the race, yep. and I watched the one like silver flash of light just cross the other car, and I was like, I've caught the motorsports bug because I've gone to these events, and I'm trying. That's actually one of my things that I'm working on with automobile is trying to share now the experiences that I've had in motorsports and kind of get our audience to begin connecting that this isn't so different than the car, the street car culture that you're familiar with. Like th- th- these are these are they're connected they're relatable and it all trickles down to the car that you drive day to day which is the point i think of motorsports so yeah and then after that was the daytona 24 um which was really fantastic i got to do a ride along on the track at an nsx and feel the bank the, the g-forces of the bank turn and my face just like flapping um how fast are you going on the bank officially the top speed was 130 okay officially officially Obviously. yeah but and how many G-forces were you pulling on the bank then? I was trying to record it on my phone, so I was looking forward. But it felt like several. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was a lot. It was. And it so was you, a lot. Were, you were, you said you were a passenger, right? Ride along. Yeah, I was a ride along. So I was recording, and then I had um one of the Hyundai uh, Veloster and TCR drivers mm-hmm. was driving me. So he was he was going all out. We were successfully chasing an AMG GTR in an NSX, which was pretty badass. It's. I'm. Look. It certainly sounds like it. But you did obviously post a hundred Instagram stories on one of those days, and so that's not you know kind of that much fun. You know, it was only one guy though. Like you can't listen to the one guy. Everyone else seemed to like it. I looked at the numbers. The numbers were good. The numbers are better than all of the numbers. One man who is upset. Look, like Shakira's hips. The numbers don't lie. That's that's what I'll say. And that's what I'll tell that guy too if he's listening. He probably is. He probably is. So yeah, no, that's fine. I do it again. I'll so, say that. So with that being the case, what have you got set up, or what you know you've got in the plans for twenty twenty? Twenty twenty. The next thing I have slit in uh, in line is going to San Antonio for the Kia Seltos launch, um, which is kind of exciting. I don't know. I look forward to any new product launch. It's cool because I usually drive something different, something new. Get to smell it. And... Do you ever get any swag at these launches? Eh, not not too much swag. Um, some model cars, model cars are good. That's like the best swag. I got a. I went. I went to Pikes Peak with Bentley, and they gave me a little Bentayga because we were we were either driving or being chauffeured in Bentaygas the whole time. Okay, which is a t- terrible thing to have to deal with, right? Being chauffeured <laughs> or driving, one of those. It was the hassle of a lifetime. Yeah. It was also my twenty second birthday. Twenty no twenty fourth twenty fourth birthday. So I was just they they maybe it was twenty third, twenty fourth twenty fourth. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. So I, I, it was my first ever Bentayga and I was over the moon. It was so cool. I drove across Colorado on the Bentayga. I got to drive up Pikes Peak in the Bentayga and then I got to take home a little Bentayga. What, what size model was it? It was like the one sixteenth. Okay. I'm a big, I'm a big, like I'm becoming a big model car collector. I, I, I'm part of the Hot Wheels Redline Club. Mm-hmm. So I collect like the premium Hot Wheels, um, and then mainline cars too. But I love those bigger, more detailed ones. But I don't like them when they're too big because there's just too much to handle and you can't store them anywhere. Yeah. 118th? I think it's 118th. But yeah. No, that's like the best kind of swag. I mean, other swag, like what? Hats. Hats. Hats are pretty common swag. I have a st- <laughs> I just keep a stack of hats on my desk. And I'm just trying to see how high I can get it before it doesn't before stay it up anymore. Yeah. But yeah. No. There is some, I will say you do get some weird swag at some of them. And there's lots of people who are very focused on getting the swag and nothing else. That's especially the LA Auto Show. No, that's the that's the wrong mindset to be in. Yeah. Like the swag, great. 
but also, what are you going to do with it? It's swag. It's like, that's why they call it that, because it's not like necessarily usable all the time. Maybe I've given, oh, sometimes I've gotten swag and I give it to my dad if it's like Volkswagen swag. Mm-hmm. He loves it. And so I gave, him a, I gave him a Volkswagen lawn chair that they had. At, they, had a, they had gotten these lawn chairs for a movie screening in Hollywood. And they were just giving the, they were done with the lawn chairs after the event. They're yeah. like, we don't need these. We bought Take these them. to give them away. Take them. Like, that's, that's the kind of swag that I love. So I gave one of those lawn chairs to my dad. And it's great because like, he loves Volkswagens. He gave me my love for Volkswagens. And I can sort of start to give back. With that kind of stuff, so yeah, my I do something similar with my father when I go to events and we get the lanyards and the, mm. the cards. So he likes those and he likes to hang them up at his different ones uh, for different cars and coffees he goes to. And then people ask him, he's like, "How do you get that?" Because obviously he's in Australia, so going to Lufthansa, for example, is a oh yeah, is a little bit difficult. It's a, yeah, it's a bit of a trek. Well, it's a trek for us this year. You Patrick to... Long, if you're listening, I feel a little betrayed that it's uh, on the East Coast. You haven't booked your ticket yet. No, I'm, I I don't know if I can go. I gotta ask for permission. I gotta I gotta ask if my boss if I can go. I would love to, because Luke Colt's magical. It is. It's, it's a special event, and it's social media gold. It is very good. <laughs> Look, and uh, I'm looking forward to. You're going? going? Yeah, I'm booking tickets this weekend. All right, I gotta ask for permission. Like, I'll do it right after this. I'm gonna yeah, I mean, lay out my pitch to go to. Uh, Where's that? It's uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, that's it. Durham. So, I've never been. It'd be cool. Yeah. Sounds nice. Maybe I'll drive up from Atlanta or something. Delta Connection. And a Porsche. There you go. So yeah. That'd be great. It's right? already playing for so... I know. I bet all of the Porsche press cars are booked out right now because of that. That's great. Well, they only announced it this week. Do you think yeah. they'll be booked out that quick? Well, I guess they go ahead. I don't know. I don't know how much people think ahead. That's true. Yeah. And uh, who knows? They want to keep the air cool thing. Yeah. Luke one of the highlights, though, of the job, getting to do that. The first year when it was at the... The first year that I went, when it was at the Lumberyard, I was there at the crack of dawn. And I think I, would, I was last year, but the lumberyard was like extra empty, mm-hmm. and so I had like an hour or two hours to myself to just like walk around as the cars were rolling in and they're finalizing their staging. Yeah, it's like those it's those kind of events that like feel really special that I feel really lucky to be able to to participate in. And so, what other ones then? Any more motorsports events you've got? Would like to do this year? Motorsports, you know, Baja would be a dream but it's also maybe during the LA Auto show and mm-hmm. that's a really important show for us so I don't know if I can skip it for that um, but and you can't so, skip it because you've got to see me there and you've not a, I have to be this sick. is one of your years that you're going to be there yeah right you're not it's, you missed last year no I was there last year oh but you're not going to be there this year oh well, it's a try <laughs> I've been sick another time so it's okay yeah just follow my professor's motto of don't get sick yeah. and you'll be fine yeah um, yeah no, other, other motorsports I might go up to Monterey for the next IMSA race um, that would be really cool I'm kind of I got the IMSA bug I love seeing cars that look like real cars race mm-hmm. more than anything I think that's the most fam- my most famous one favorite one I should say not famous favorite. IMSA well just to see cars oh, and the supercars yeah. I watched go. Bathurst online this year on the Motor Trend streaming service which is fantastic um, we had Bathurst and that was really <laughs> I was watching when the live when the kangaroos got on the track and it was amazing I was like this is so cool this is why you watch motorsports for all of the stuff that goes that goes wrong because it's funny it's like it's such high stakes and there's so much money being put behind it and then it's like something goes wrong and it's just so comical. Like the F1 channels on Instagram are inspiring because they put so much effort into that content and it's so funny to hear the drivers like the 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 Michoux's when they, when it fell at his feet. Mm-hmm. Like I, lo- I live for those moments. And you can also talk about how narrow the Bathurst track is. Yeah, I was just playing it in Forza Motorsports and uh, 
It is pretty narrow. It's really hard to pass. It's incredibly difficult to pass, but they can't change the track. So can't change the track. No, but that's what the, you just gotta place. You gotta place well. You gotta get seated well, right, before you go in. Yeah, and it was a really good drive from uh, Bentley this year. Yeah, those cars looked fast on that track. Yeah, and they sounded really good too. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would, I aspire to be a Bentley boy myself. You I know, think, doesn't everyone? I think, I, I think I'd race a Bentley if I had like gentleman racer money. Yeah, blow a Bentley. Yeah. Old no, style. no. Well, yeah, I do both. Of course, I'd be one of the guys at Rolex, uh, Monterey, driving a Bentley on track, and then I would participate in the 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 amateur racing in my GT3 Bentley. I would have a GT3 Speed for the street. You know, I would or the, the you the just keep rolling house. Speed. Yeah, I could do it. I could live the lifestyle. I'm sh- uh, look. I'm with, ready for it <laughs> with your hair today, but I definitely <laughs> think you could do it today. I mean, that's the thing. So, with that being the case. If people, now is your best time to plug everything that you want to plug. Get it out oh. there. Johnny did it. Billy, if you don't follow and do it as well as him, then he's going to be disappointed. Okay. I've really, I've really, I've thought this through. So, you can follow me at CarGuyBilly on Instagram. The next thing you can do is follow the channels that I manage, which are all of the automobile handles, but especially Automobile Mag on Instagram. We're almost at 300,000 followers, and I'm very excited to hit it. Um, I'm going to do a special little post, you know, um, that'll be cool. The next thing you got to do is you got to subscribe to the Motor Trend group, the Motor Trend TV streaming site, and you can watch all your favorite motorsports on there. You can watch all of our shows. You can watch me on camera there. And then the next thing you can do is subscribe to all of the Motor Trend print entities. Um, but yeah, that's it. Billy, I mean, I, I basically, as soon as I get away from this, that's exactly what I'm going to be doing. Oh, excellent. I'm glad I could turn you. Look, I mean, it's it hasn't been turned. I already obviously did it with Johnny, so I got to just do it all again with another set of accounts. You can sign up a Kiwi. Yeah, Kiwi. Should and we? after this, I will I will listen to your podcast as a favor, uh, just, as a return. Just, just as my thanks. It's just no, one. not just one. I'll I'll, I'll get immersed. Old I'll 90, get immersed. Only ninety five. I have to drive episodes. back to the west side now, so I'll yeah. definitely do that. There you go. But Billy, it's been absolutely. First of all, I want to thank you for your time to make it out here, battling traffic in the yeah. Volvo. Oh yeah. That was not so bad, except the emergency braking kicked in. That was a little scary. Why did it kick in? It's very sensitive. Yeah, that's what I don't like sometimes in some of the cars that got the brakes, the emergency I was ones. already on the pedal. Yeah. And then it goes, duh, 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 and, and the ABS and it, kicks in, and, yeah, and the seatbelt tightens, and you're just like, ugh. Adrenaline rush. But I do really like the interior of that Volvo. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's very... Exterior is beautiful, too. Yeah. It's great, just a good car. Work. A very great good work. car. Great work. But uh, though, with that being said, guys, as always, be like Billy. Oh. Subscribe to the podcast, which he's doing, on iTunes, wherever you, or actually Spotify, or wherever else you're listening to this lovely podcast. Make sure you come follow us at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook. Maybe even drop on the website, read some of the car reviews if you want to. If you've got any questions, you can always hit me up. You can, all, you can also do, leave us a very positive review. Generally, it's only out of fives, but a lobby... Suggested she'll be more than five, so you can leave a higher score. If you can't leave a higher score, just leave five. Just think of that. Easiest way to do it. Just leave five. Done. Five out of five. Perfect. If you want to do anything else, subscribe a friend. Just pick up their phone. Subscribe them. They won't know what's on there, but it'll be the greatest gift you'll give them without them spending a penny. And I guess with that being said, guys, as always, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>